Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Welcome back to the Lantern Rouge Cycling Podcast for the Ineos Grenadiers 2024 preview, as well as some pod pog announcements. He... uh. I mean, maybe we could have, if we were serious people, Benji, uh, looked up when the UAE uh, team announcements and media day was <laughs> and then done the preview after that, but we didn't. So here we are uh, with a little bit of news as well for Pogaccio, which we'll lead with, in fact, because it is sort of hot off the press. And then we'll get into the uh, classic Ineos preview as we do normally. But Benji, what is Tare Pogaccio's schedule and the big announcement? Yes, sir. Is it worth an emergency podcast? Maybe. Is I this still no. an emergency podcast? Maybe. Who knows? But his schedule is the following according to uh, the interviews the team has given and he has given on the media day. First of all, on Saturday, RCS announced Pogacar was going to be riding Giro d'Italia. So let's be honest about it. You've been preaching it for the last decade <laughs> that he should be riding yeah. the Giro in 2024. Jesus, the, the years Man are flying. To. Yeah. And... The rest of his schedule also announced on the media day, which is the day after, so on Sunday. So, Strada Bianche, Milano Sanremo. The next one is unsure, because first I heard Tireno, but then I was told not Tireno and maybe Catalonia instead. But afterwards, LBL, Giro d'Italia, so kind of the, the Remco way last year from LBL to Giro d'Italia. And then after that, Tour de France, so the Giro Tour double, but hey, that's not enough yet. Giro Tour Olympics triple, but no, 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 we're not ready yet. Giro Tour Olympics Worlds quadruple? Is that a thing? I think it's a thing now. Quebec, Montreal, because somehow those deserve to be mentioned in the same list. And then Lombardia at the end. So that's a list of which I believe that he can win a lot of races next year, actually. He can. He can, uh, especially in the Giro d'Italia, and of course in Canada, he's, he's great, and he'll be the favorite for the World Championships. Yeah, uh, and this is the best opportunity for San Remo for him because I think Vanderpool said he's not doing it. I can't remember I'm if Van Aert sure. said he's doing it or not. I think Van Aert um, said he wasn't doing it. I think Vanderpool. Okay. I'm not sure. He might have said something along the lines of, "I've won it already. I'm now focusing on others." I'm not 100 certain though. So this news came out in two steps. There was the Giro, obviously, because, you know, they opened uh, the checkbook uh, and the route for him. There was the Giro announcement the day before the UAE media day, or yeah. two, I think, where he was doing the Giro. So then there was actually then a 24-hour period where, like, is he doing the Tour or not? Confirmed then at the media day, he is doing the Tour de France. So uh, can he be the first person to do the Giro Tour double since uh, Pantani in the 90s? Um you got to be in it to win it. It's certainly a Giro parkour where the competition and parkour will suit him a lot. Yeah. And then what was curious was the, he said, oh, I'll do one small stage race before the Giro. And then I think Machin retweeted or reshared something where it was like a schedule with Tirreno in it. And then Volta Catalunya was claiming Poggy was doing Catalunya. So yeah. it seems he's doing East Catalunya. Um, okay. 
which well, has so he's going to win the stage to uh Keralt. it's a new it's a climb to a sanctuary up at Berga 2.5k okay. 7% he's got that one already done so um no tour of Flanders though Benji how does that make you feel <laughs> is it because I'm Flemish that you're asking that as a as uh, an iconic you... Flemish person yeah no 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 I Honestly, I wasn't expecting him to ride RVV after winning it last year, especially since even if he wouldn't ride the Giro, I'd be in my head of like, oh, he wants a perfect run into the Tour de France and therefore doesn't want to risk it again, so no RVV. But with Giro next to that and a, a peak that he needs from Giro Tour Olympics, at least in that period, then I'm like, that's very difficult to combine with the classics. Although he's not like Wout van Aarde. He's not like uh, a, an 80kg rider in the classics and a 77 kg rider in the in the in the mountains that's that's not what Pogacar is he doesn't need to move up and down four or five kgs between the with the two types of races but it's still not an ideal preparation I reckon considering the Giro comes closely after the Tour de France comes closely after yeah. that then Olympics so uh, I understand that he, yeah additionally to that you're right he does ride LBL where he did crash which True, LBL, true. and that's after it's RVV. Weird. I feel like I remember a lot of big crashes from LBL recently compared to RVV. As in, yeah, I remember a lot of yeah, high going speed into a crashes. Yep, in the descents, like Alaphilippe, for example, with Bardetang going towards him, yeah. and the crash from Pogacar, and well, I only remember two, so <laughs> I only remember one, one from RVV, so points made. <laughs> There's probably loads more random crashes in RVV. Yeah. Uh, I mean, Benny had a big crash, I think, going into a big right-hander from memory when Yumbo were pacing. Okay. Might have been into the Timeberg uh, after then. Anyway, I think it's the correct decision to do the Giro d'Italia. He'll go in as the red-hot favourite. The other yeah. main contenders at the moment look like Geraint Thomas and Simon Felipe Yates. Mate. Uh, and Keanu Tobruks on Bora or Yumbo. When Thomas saw this news, he must have been like... Yeah, and when when I say the route really suits him, like, what do I mean by that? If you go look at this Giro route, it's a welter parkour, seriously, yeah. apart from one stage, and even that one stage is not, like, brutal, brutal, brutal. That's the Lavinia stage, which I think, stage 15, uh, which does go to 2,300 metres twice, does have an 18k climb, but I think the chance of that being cancelled is over 75%. Lavinia is very cold. Uh, it, I'm, I'm not I'm not even it's being tongue-in-cheek. It's, ve it's very cold there, and the snow recedes and the weather, you know, late. So doubtful about that Queen stage. The Stelvio stage is weird. You've already said your piece on that, Benji. And you think about, <laughs> like, stage three finishes on Europa. It's got, like, two medium warm-up climbs, and then 12K, 6.5%. Bang. That's, like, poggy bread and butter. Yep. Right there, he's going to put 20 seconds on Tom, maybe 15 seconds on the road on Thomas with his burst, and then 10 bonies. Yep. And then Prati de Tivo, he already won on in, in Terreno Adriatico. So it's a really good route for him. I uh, guess the thumbs up from me, this decision. So how does it affect his tour? <laughs> We're about to find out. I think mean, no one really knows. He's not done two Grand Tours in a year before, I don't think. And it's also the thing where I always wanted him to do two Grand Tours. I just expected it to be Tour of Vuelta in the previous years. But now with this yeah. parkour of the Giro, it's understandable that he might consider these two. And reality is that if he arrives at the start of the Giro, then he's likely to win the Giro. Like, his odds before the Giro are going to be tiny. And yeah. Pogacar is only the... Pogacar is literally the one rider 
where I would consider doing Giro Tour Olympics Worlds because he can win for an extended period of time throughout the year, while a lot of other riders do that. So it's a ride where I would want to see that experiment happen. And it's also like, it's not just those races. He can win Strade, he can win Sanremo potentially. He can win Catalonia, he can win LBL, he can win the Giro Tour de France. I, I find it difficult to see at the moment with Vingo being so dominant. Quebec and Montreal, the man can win both, to be honest. World Championships in Zurich, he can win. Lombarda, he can win. He can win 95% of his schedule. The Olympics, I think, will be tough, but uh, definitely yeah, right, Worlds right. will be the, the heavy favorite. I don't know if he'll do the TT at the Olympics as well. Uh, that's going to be it's going to be really difficult to carry that shape. So and really, really flat difficult. TT. Probably yeah. wins anyway. Yeah, facts. So <laughs> I mean, if there's anyone that can carry shape, it's Pogaccia. So yeah, that was interesting to see at the Giro. Apparently, he'll be supported by Björk, Vine, Micah. I think Groschartner and Milano will be going for sprints as well. So interesting that they're pairing a sprinter with Poggy. The two he doesn't team, need it. A full team this, at the Giro. No, no. And, you know, Milano can pull the flat sometimes too, no problem. Um, <laughs> and the tour team was, was much more interesting, which has everybody. It's like a Josh Brolin in the trailer of Sicario 2, Day of the Sold Dia del Soldado, where he's speaking to Benicio del Toro, and he says, um, we're going to start a war. He's like, with who? He's like, between everybody. We're like, we're bringing everybody. And uh, that's what the UAE team is with Adam Jates, Juan Uso, Joao Almeida, Sivakov, Soler, Wellens, Pollitt, and Pogacar, which is um, one and a half rulers, about <laughs> four pretty good climbers, uh, and then two, you know, GC leaders. So, very odd team, but. Um, Anyway, there's a lot of climbing I'm there, but not I, don't, sure. I don't think climbing's been the problem. I don't think they see themselves as just two GC leaders. I think Almeida wants to go as leader. I think Yuza wants to go as leader. Pogaccio wants to go as leader. Yates is probably the one where I believe that he might be willing to ride for Thomas. And that's a funny part, because he was the but second he's best climber. In the other two. <laughs> 2023. But that being said, Destined to blow up? As in, Ayuso, what's happening here? Because There's no way you can keep all those people happy. Because, like, <laughs> Almeida and Ayuso are not Micah and Groschartner. And Sivakov's, Sivakov's a good professional. Like, he would have gone yeah. to the Vuelta and done a job if he had to. Yeah. Even when he was leaving the team, they shouldn't afflict him. Um, uh, Sivakov's a bit more experienced. And, he, you know, I think he's happy to just go to the tour. Uh, so, yeah, we'll see. That looks like a... A fire waiting to blow up there. Three more small things. Ayuso, to be honest, is also a Tour de France focus schedule. Almeida as well. I feel like I'm slightly bearish on Almeida, as in his schedule is so Tour de France focused. Yes, he, he goes to Algarve, Classica de Figuera, Paris, Catalonia, and so forth. He can compete for GC in Catalonia. He loses yeah. him and McNulty, don't they lose Paris before it gets 100Ks away from Paris normally? <laughs> Potentially. <laughs> and then Catalonia Poggy's there. Swiss is one where I find it intriguing, but in, but throughout the year I also feel like what is good for Almeida? In this year, he might not even top five the Tour de France. Like top five would be his his goal, I reckon, at the Tour de France. He's probably going for podium, but I just don't see that yet. And 
I kind of on the page of I would have rather seen him do the Giro, but with Pogacar in the team at the Giro, that's like it wasn't gonna happen anyway, I guess. But anyway. Do you, that, do you think there's a tactical advantage to bring all those guys to the tour? They can like do the Yumbo Vuelta thing? Breakaways and multi-leaders? I think it's better than having just Pogacar, in my opinion. So there's that. I think a Yuzo there is a is a good rider to kind of Throw, yeah. throw stuff at the wall and see what sticks. Almeida, I'm not sure how that is going to help a multi-leader strategy, because he's just going to hang on a, and hope for dear life. Adam Yates, you can play around with similar fashion to the Tour de France in 2023. If this will all make the difference against Vingegaard, currently I don't see it yet, but I'm willing to see a battle, so let's hope it does something for the sakes of entertainment in this sport. Talking about Jonas, he, Jumbo Visma, I think Zeman confirmed that Vingegaard is not riding the Giro d'Italia in a GCN article, so um, that's that. But do you expect like any other changes in the in the sphere of like GC riders that were planning to do the Giro and are now thinking, "Fuck, if this is happening, then I might do a different Grand Tour instead because I don't want it to be chopped up into pieces, small sushi pieces by Pogacar." Yeah, but if you then you do the tour, <laughs> he's still there. Yeah, and so is Roglic and Evenepoel. So I don't think it changes that at all. I yeah. think. I think you still, I don't think it changes that, to be honest. Um, anyway, that was the uh, UAE schedule announcements. Anyway, we'll get into the Ineos Grenadiers preview, one of whom, you know, their their biggest, their best GC rider is doing the Giro, at least. I'm not sure if that's officially announced, or I guess we've just decided it's happening. <laughs> uh, Grant Thomas. But a reflection on their year, Benji, Nine World Tour wins. A lot of wins, 36 wins, but only nine at World Tour level. Uh, in terms of actual points from World Tour competition, I believe Bahrain were ahead of them in terms of wins, Grand Tour wins, and points in World Tour mm -hmm. competition. So in the serious stuff, people don't think of it, but Bahrain were a better team maybe than, than Ineos, if you look at those sort of numbers. Um, but... Still some highlights and bad luck. Like I think they were they were very unlucky in the Giro and uh which mm -hmm. has become since COVID the race they've won twice, right? Uh yep. they've really targeted and done well at. Correct. And the thing is also with Gagan Hart crashing out, major step in the race because I still believe to this day that he would have been very competitive for the victory because he was so bloody good in week one. And you never know what's gonna happen in week three then, because the races he were good at were also the races he wasn't good at in the past. Like the time trial he was in, that was an amazing time trial. But anyway, he crashed out. Gary Thomas, second in the end, the plus 10th. But if we look at that race, I also feel like tactically there was something missing. As in, I feel like they didn't realize that the high expenditure stages would impact Roglic and play the defensive role and therefore didn't get the best out of the race. Would that have changed the outcome? Maybe not. But they didn't get everything out of it, in my opinion. That being said, second in the Giro, solid result for Thomas. So, good result. Tour de France. Fifth, Carlos Rodriguez. Two stage wins with Cuiato and Rodriguez. One stage win in the Vuelta, with Filippo Ghana the time trial. Grand Tour-wise, it's not a horrible season, but it's far from the days where you were, they were competing for the... For the Tour de France, they just weren't there, and there was a bit of a light point. Was it um, God? What is the name of that bloody climb again? The the climb in the Tour de France 
where they're going up that climb with the tram rails next to it, that Pitcock was still in the group. Pretty dumb. That Jorgens, yes, on Pretty Dome. There was some light point there for Pitcock where I didn't expect Pitcock to be in that bloody group for that long. And Grand so, Colombier, who was third behind Jonas and Poggy. Exactly. So there is some hope GC-wise there, even though consistency throughout three weeks. And his time trial is worrying at the moment, even though time trial was not an issue earlier on in his career, I swear. So what do you reckon? Well, we're going to that question later. Let's continue with the results first. One-day races. Pitcock won Strade. Second at MSR with Ghana, second at LBL with Pitcock, and second at Montreal with Sivakov. So two podiums at Monuments. Very close. And top five Roubaix with Ghana. Very possible. He was in that group. I don't remember the exact result he had. And, and he, that was the biggest surprise to me and positive, surely yeah. positive surprise to them this year was Ghana in one-day races. I didn't see it coming to that extent. Sorry, he was 10th in E3 and 6th in Roubaix. I was just off. Close um, enough. He also won Tour de Wallonie. Yeah, it's not a world tour race, yeah. but it's a it's a classic style stage race in in Belgium. And he was their highest point scorer by quite a long way this year. So I think that's surprising that he developed yep. not just a time trials, not just a soft stage hunter. He's a guy that could have won a sprint in the Vuelta. Yeah. He could have won he could have won a big classic and he Probably could have won some other stage races if things had gone his way. I agree. And with the one-week races, Luke Blapp getting second at UAE Tour. Completely forgot about that. Obviously, greatly benefited from the echelons, but that's part of the race. That's part of what matters. And the way he rode from not being in the echelon to being in the echelon in the echelon stage, he literally closed down the gap with, I think, Koi in the wheel. That was spectacular, yeah, yeah, yeah. the way he did that. So I'm very curious to see what he will be doing in a different team next year. We'll talk about where he's going in a second. Further Tirena with Gegenhardt, so good result there. Further Polonia with Cuiato. I feel like Cuiato had a better year than I remembered. That Tour de France victory on Grand Colombia was on point. And if I recall, he nearly won the stage to uh, Cotre as well. He was there together with um, Johannesson. Former enemy, yeah. A former enemy. <laughs> You're right. <laughs> Oddities. I've got a list of oddities here, as in yeah. they didn't send Sivakov to La Volta, which was a bit disturbing to me. And was it because he was leaving the team? Because I can't really yeah, remember for sure. why. But... Yeah, oh, okay. was, of course. Well, you Mr. don't think he was in good enough shape? No, he, was, he definitely wasn't good enough shape, but <laughs> I just forgot what the reason was. But it, did feel, it still felt odd. So that's why it felt odd, because he was good enough to go and he would have been a, a good rider there. Especially instead of Bernal, in my opinion. Dude, their team—they were—they were so shit in the Vuelta. Of course, he was—he would have been—he would add a lot, added a lot. Why did Bernal? It wasn't even good for Bernal to do it. Yeah, like it, it made no it, sense. Bernal did seventy-nine race days this year. How is that making? How does it make sense to him to do seventy-nine race days, all at World Tour level, except for Hungary and San Juan, or like makes zero two sense. two Grand Tours, non-competitive. In, in all of them, yeah, in both of them, like instead of but yeah, I guess Sivakov was leaving and Bernard saw on a big contract. Yeah. Anyway, that was strange, as you said. That brings us to the transfers, and about that, before we dive into the actual names, I do want to talk about the drama a bit. We had some rumors during the transfer season, as in we've spoken about them quite a bit now. As in, they had a list of transfers they wanted to do. Then from higher up, Railsford maybe came down, said. Fuck those transfers, we're doing different transfers. And we kind of saw that 
rumor resembled in what was happening, as in, Rodriguez, you can go. 10 minutes later, Rodriguez, no, 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 no. I know you signed for Movistar now, but we desperately need you now. <laughs> like, that stuff sounds like mismanagement. We spoke about it already, but they're changing their management, stuff like that. But how, how, how bad was it, in your opinion? Uh, pretty bad, I, th I think, because, yeah, they had to go and basically buy him back from Movistar is what seems to have happened. And then there was, yeah, all the management changes, Ellingworth resigning, and um, who else left? Like, a lot of upheaval. A lot of upheaval. Yep. Cummings, now the head race coach. Robert, Roger Hammond left. Cummings takes his role. So we'll see what, how that pans out. But certainly there's been a lot of... Like, you, we can say it wasn't the best season. They definitely did underperform uh, yep. relative to their budget. But also their budget continues to obviously contract. Like, they shipped out Adam Yates uh, and Carapaz and Dylan Van Baaler and they brought they had wins and big wins too, but they also had big salaries. And now that exodus has continued of big salaries with Sivakov, Gagenhart, Martinez, those three all going to big budget teams, all with established Palmares or potential. And so they'll all be on solid seven figures. Uh, so that's more money sort of off the books and certainly the riders coming in are not, well, I guess Carlos extension is going to be on more money, isn't it? Yeah. So, and maybe Ganner's on a, his kicks in, I don't know. Uh, I think overall the budget's contracted. So that makes sense. Yeah. I guess that they've let those three go. If they thought, okay, these three riders, Sivakov, Martinez, Gagenhardt are not the future of the team, although it is somewhat surprising to see the last British Grand Tour winner you yeah, know, not that long ago, go to a different team. Uh, but what about the other, the young guys they let go, Benji? Is that also surprising to you, Plapp and Tullet? When it comes to Tullet, yeah, I kind of expected him to stay earlier on, and Plapp similarly. But I also feel like if you're Tullet in a situation of, okay, your contract is running out, that it might not only have been Ineos not wanting Tullet anymore, it might have been. Yumbo being a more desirable location for Tullet. As in, I think that option is valid. I think Tullet might think that it's a more attractive team to ride for. And yes, there's a lot of competition in that team, but there was also a lot of competition at Ineos. So it's kind of uh, in a similar boat that he is, in my opinion. And when it comes to Luke Plab, then I feel like Plab's a weird one because he didn't have a great season. It was injury related, though. Next year's an Olympic season. It might just be that he wants to ride for an Aussie team again, even though he probably yeah. enjoyed his time there. I feel like I feel like he might just enjoy being a Jacob or a bit more a bit more free in between quotes. And I think he'll have a lot more opportunities there. So I believe that's a good move for Plap. Because in general, I just feel like Ineos is not the most attractive team to sign for in Wilter anymore. And that's been the case for a few years now, where if you're a very young youngster, if you're for example, the rider that's coming, AJ August, I can understand if you're going to Ineos. But once you reach the point where you're hit, where you've hit your, your stagnation point for a bit, like where even Hatred is at at the moment, I'm like, you can choose to stay and hopefully break through that barrier, or you can leave the team in a new environment and maybe break through that barrier easier that way. So maybe Plap thinks he can break through that barrier in a different place. But you're right about the, the big name, Sivakov, Hard, Martinez, and so forth. 
Sivakov-wise, I also believe that he's come to a point where a new to environment would be good, even though the money probably didn't, didn't annoy him that way he was giving him. Gegenhardt, similar fashion, a new location is valid because he want, might want a new environment to, to try and shine in. But once again, he's probably getting a bit more money at Little Trek as well, I'm guessing. Martinez, yeah. I, I don't know. Like, I don't know what, what he's going to do at Bora, so. <laughs> Strange, isn't it? <laughs> but that being said, Cameron Worth still a question mark. Let's see if he stays or not. There are 27 riders now. They were at 30 at the end of 2023. Yeah. So there might just free. be, yeah, there might be three showing up in the next month and a half. We don't know yet, but incoming transfers. There were a lot of rumors when it comes to Ineos, as in Verona was mentioned ages ago as a potential Castro replacement. Tobias Foss was mentioned a thousand times and then he was not mentioned anymore because then suddenly they weren't interested in him anymore is what the rumor was, but then suddenly they were again. So I wonder about the following. They were negotiating with Foss according to the rumors early on. There were high figures mentioned, like seven figures was mentioned or something. That's a lot for Foss. That's too much for Foss in my opinion. That's the amount you'd give him if he'd do his World Championship TT every time trial. <laughs> but I feel like outside of that, then the rumor came that they weren't interested in him anymore or that something happened or something. But then they wow. came to an agreement again. So my question is like, is that not true that it kind of stagnated the idea? Was that related to the other teams or is it related to the fact that they realized they were offering him too much in the first place and then kind of fucked him over and now offered him less? Well, something obviously did happen because Jens Haugland Lee, Unleden League, he just said it publicly to Eurosport Norway back in mm -hmm. June, ages ago, that Foss's agent was asking for crazy money because he already had like a deal. Yeah. And then Foss, I just checked, and he also announced it on 27 November. Like three weeks yeah. ago. So yeah. something's happened. <laughs> like you could have <laughs> announced him in August, September. Oh, so something's happened. Uh, whatever that was. But he, he does end up being uh, on the team. Won the Lavenier, two Lavenier, obviously in 2019. He only raced 36 race days this year. Started decently in, in Algarve. And, uh, but then really the season was, was a write-off um for the most part so he had a shit year like ever since he's won the world championships itt the only moments where i've seen him was in the Called canadian the classics and Cuyol as a domestique you're right yeah. those two and like what Foz needs to become to be valuable for a team like ineos is that domestique you count on every time yeah castro or moscon when it comes to his Yep. Climbing performances combined with some performances in hilly classics like the way he rode Montreal or something, that race where he was really good at. Like, I don't know. That's, that's how I see Tobias Foss at his, at his good there. He can also do slight rulers of his, if his TT skill is still somewhere in there because you can't win the World Champions ITT and then never perform that same TT ever again. That just... That'd be it devastating has to be in for there him. somewhere. Exactly. But outside of Foss, Oscar Rodriguez, like, sorry, man, but this is a, this is Space part of the road. Carlos Rodriguez. Yeah. Because yeah. if you don't know what we're talking about, 
this agent, Acuadro, which if I recall is also the agent of Oscar and Carlos Rodriguez, whenever he tries to get a GC rider of him signed to a team, for example, Carapaz at, um, at EF, he puts or another rider in that same deal to try and force them into World Tour still as well in a proper team. So Amador did that with EF, and then Oscar Rodriguez now with Ineos. So this feels like a package deal. I don't think Oscar Rodriguez moves the needle at all. I think he's a an average mountain domestique. And that's kind of it. I can't add much more than that to it. But AJ August, what do you don't think? Don't you think it's strange, though? Like a British yeah. team getting someone like Oscar Rodriguez instead of... Yeah. Archie runs Irish, not British, but an Anglophone. Yeah. Or Lucas Neruka uh, yeah. going to EF. Like, don't you think that's strange? I feel like this is a year where every month I shouted, Ineos missed out. Ineos missed out. Nerurkar, whether it's Ryan Nerurkar, in the past, maybe Healy as well. But also, yeah. I feel in addition to that, when I run Roglic came on the, on, the, on the dinner table, that's a weird thing to say. Uh, <laughs> when Keon became available like well did he become available that's still a question <laughs> but when all these GC riders became available Ineos wasn't visibly hunting them very well and oh maybe they, they were maybe they were maybe. maybe they just didn't have the money or the rider didn't want to go there yeah that's also very possible like they can't force someone to sign with them <laughs> um, Imagine, <laughs> but but yeah, Jack Root can graze. The other one I was thinking, uh, yeah. on Sam Piron, he was on Sam Piron, 21 year old. Uh, so yeah, it's he, I think he came fourth in worlds in that uh dysfunctional chase group. So it is like three incoming signings. I guess you got the extension of Carlos if you want to be generous, but it mm. is surprising now. Maybe that's why Benji, you said to me, Are we sure we want to do this? because 27 riders is there someone else on the boil they might be trying to sign particularly as all their signings were really delayed but i'm trying to think like who's really on the market i mean we've seen maybe people are on the market that you never thought were on the market uh but i mean aj august we should mention 18 years old uh born in 2005 big american prospect him and jordan nordhagen were sort yeah. of neck and neck in course uh course juniors which is a Check uh sort of big junior GC testing race. Uh Nordhagen narrowly beat him there. He's got a good TT for such a small rider, big climbing prospect, and um yeah, it looks to be a really, really serious guy. So 18 though, three-year deal. It's yeah, they're just gonna hope to develop this, it, I guess. They need a dev team. Again? It'd be better to park yeah. on a dev team. Exactly. Fully agree with that. That was the point I was trying to make. Is this another symptom that they're missing that development team, that, that U23 team? Because now we see UAE having their Gen Z team under their Welter team, for example. Every proper Welter team that wants to establish a development pipeline towards their Welter and wants to grow in a long-term vision, I feel like has a development team. And that brings me to the question, what is the long-term vision of INEOS? Because Thomas is not staying for 10 more years. He extended for two years, but he's probably not staying until he's 48. So I would expect that... Did you hear Balor wanted to come back? And <laughs> Inzue had to tell him no. Really? Yeah. Aww. He wanted to He wanted to come Why back. Why would you say no? You can win flesh 10 times in a row again. <laughs> I wish he came back. 
I would have signed him. I would have <laughs> definitely signed him. But anyway, <laughs> Thomas is leaving in three years, let's say, roughly. Pure guess, but probably Ro won't see until he's Roe retires. Ben Swift retires. Bitcock is still there. Ethan Hater still there, but he's stagnated. Let's be honest about that. Are you sure? Leo Hater. He's out of contract. Well, right now he's still there, right? Yeah, sorry. I mean, you said in three years, I thought. Oh, yeah. Sorry. In, sorry, uh, sorry, sorry, sorry. Yeah. Uh, I mean, right now, those riders are still yeah, there. Yeah. Joshua Tarling. That's a big one. True. Big bright spot. He's unbelievable. Ben Turner. Relatively solid bar bright spot. He just had a yeah, bit of injuries. Bad crashes. Connor Swift, just an average domestique at the moment, like solid domestique, solid domestique. Uh, I'd say he's like Ben Swift, but young. <laughs> yeah. Weird comparison, <laughs> but we'll take it. There are bright spots, as in Starling is a bright spot, Turner is a yeah. bright spot, we've said it. Pitcock I'm, I'm okay with, even though it's odd, eh? What is the Pitcock thing like? What is it? What are the possibilities for him? What is his I mean future? At the end of the day, the sponsors love him. Yep. Like you can say, "Oh well, he's not—he's not winning Tour of Flanders. He's not playing the Tour." But the sponsors love him. Like Gobic, yep. the new kid sponsor. I don't think it was like he's front center in all their marketing, and for Pinarello, yep. and for so they all love Pitcock, I think. And so his contract pays itself probably just before he even races, but. Your point is, you know, we're, we're a road-focused podcast. Uh, so I agree, like, what's the, what's the plan? I don't know. He declared, Tom Pitcock declared that he's going all out for GC at the Tour de France. But he's also mentioning that a top 10 doesn't motivate him. So I'm like on the page of like, so he'd already need to fight for top 5 or podium for him to be motivated for GC. And then I'm like, I don't see the podium right now. Top five, he doesn't have the consistency for it at the moment during the Grand Tour. His time trial needs to be better. So I need to see improvements before the start of the Tour de France. And that's exactly what Pitcock also said in his interview, where he will decide based on the one-week races before the Tour de France, what's a viable goal at the Tour de France, which I think that's a, not, a good thing to say. There's a lot of GC riders that just start the year by saying, I want body at the Tour de France. And then there's shit at every one week race, and then there's shit at the Tour de France. And I'm like, it's good that he's like taking it step by step in that sense. He's also doing our dance with that. This does kind of motivate me a bit when it comes to Pitcock, you know? The fact that he's yeah. saying he wants to go all out for GC, but is he also doing that? Because it's a year with Olympics I think he's the best in the Ardennes. That's like, Currently, that is what he is the best at, yeah. I think. If you said, what is Peacock's number one skill? I would say it's a Liege-Baston-Liege race, where, or even Flesh, where it's like sprint. He has yeah. a sprint, he has the punch, he's lightweight, he can ride the flat a bit, like an Amstel and Brabant. So I think the Ardennes is what he's currently best at. And like, you just got to look at that consistency that you mentioned, Benji. You know, third on Grand Colombier, stage 13, yeah. Uni Puerto. The next day... And this is the difference. Peo Bilbao, Jai Hindley, not the best on, on Jupiter. Correct. Not the best days. They lost 146. Bilbao lost 319. Simon Yates, who ended fourth in the tour, by the way, lost 321. Peacock, yeah. 840 on a single yeah. stage. 840, the first properly hard stage. And then the next day, 
And, and bear in mind the day before, so unless he got sick overnight, might have, I don't know. But the day before, he was flying. So. And then the next day to uh, Saint-Gervais, Mont Blanc, eight minutes. Ah, oh, no, 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 I'm being, that was to the breakaway. Let me count quick maths. He only lost two minutes or so, or a minute yeah. 40. Uh, but that but was a I short recall that too. he was already behind on the little hill before the final section to the yeah, finish. Yeah, he got dropped in the middle of Amarond and, and yeah, was struggling. Yeah. So there's something in his physiology that clearly, um, whether it's endurance or whatever, needs to be Grand Tour focused or stage racing focused. Uh, but yeah. whether that's compatible with winning mountain bike gold at the Olympics, I don't know. I'm not a trainer. Uh, what is your hot take? Tom Pitcock, what is the highest GC place at the Tour de France he will reach in his career? Oh. I don't know. I, I, you'd have to ask him. I'd, I'd need a, I, it depends if you, I think he can win it. But Holy fuck, need, I don't. But he'd need, but he'd need <laughs> to change. Yeah, but he'd need to... He'd need to want to live... A different, you know, no cross, no cycle cross, no mountain bike. Just Vingegaard schedule, Vingegaard training. Because he's got the, the size, the correct size for it. Um, maybe he maybe won't have that aerobic endurance. Uh, it's not possible because he's so punchy naturally. I don't know, but... I'm saying fifth. Fifth? No, I think you can do yeah. better than fifth. I think you can do better than fifth. At the moment, I don't see it. I mean, he... I hope he proves me wrong. He barely races World Tour stage races, and he rocks up each year, wins a mountain stage, or comes third on consecutive or closely linked mountain stages. I know there were Unipuertos. Like, there has to be something in there. So I, I think he can... I would, yeah, expect, I would expect him to podium it at some point in his career. I don't think he'll win I, it, but I would expect him to podium the Tour. But I feel like... Pitcock is in the place that so many GC riders reach, but then don't break through. And at the moment, I feel like Carlos Rodriguez is likelier to podium a Grand Tour than Pitcock is. No, because Carlos pretty... has so many weaknesses that I think are less trainable. He can't ride the flat. He can't TT that well. It's TT's okay. He, he can't punch or sprint to save his life. How will he be in break formation? But his, long, his endurance climbing is really good, uh, which is kind of important <laughs> for Grand Tours. <laughs> so, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. We'll see. It's uh, will it happen in twenty twenty four? Probably not, given the uh, the Olympics uh, being. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over seventy percent of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on LinkedIn.com/achieve today. On, but what is their overall goals as a team? What what are they writing down? You're in the room with new management, uh, Benji. Yeah. They've just hired you. <laughs> they haven't, but Good if luck. they just hired, they just hired Benji as part of the shakeup. What what are Hold their realistic the goals? Salary. Seven figures. <laughs> yeah, why not? Uh, they're probably why not spending. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> What's your goals for the team? 
Pitcock and Ganna both need to each win a relevant one-day race, I feel like. Because they were close, man. Like, Pitcock top three, LBL. Pitcock won Strade. Yep. Ganna top three MSR. Got relatively close in Roubaix. I think one of their goals is trying to get Ganna to win MSR while trying to get Pitcock to win LBL. I think that's, that's the goal. If you even get... Was it, go ahead. Why wouldn't Peacock be good in, on the Poggio? Well, he was over the Poggio in the year that Steven won, right? In the group with Kuyat? Yeah, he was right Pitcock there. tried to attack, and he got blocked by someone. On the descent, he was sending. Yeah. I would send... Uh, okay, yeah. So I would make MSR a big goal, because you got Ghana yeah. and Peacock, and Kuyat yeah. was decent too. And so I imagine I was... Try to get Tarling over the Chipressa. Imagine him putting you in position on the Poggio. So, well, MSR, good luck. Real, I think realistically they can actually win that race. I also think agree. Roubaix, big goal. They've won it before last year. Yes. Ghana was very good. Tarling there, go to win Roubaix. It's also more of a lottery race, you know? Things can go right for you. Yeah. Whereas RVV, it's like you kind of have to be the best. And so... Yeah. I also am not sure RVV is conducive to the rest of Peacock's calendar. Maybe maybe it is. I don't know. And when it comes to Roubaix, it's also not just Ghana, eh? I also want to see yeah. Tarling in there in the future. Tarling, I want to see Ben Turner again. I want to see all the, the riders Grant that Thomas. we... We've, Sheffield. Those riders, I need to see in no, Roubaix. No, Chef, no, Chef. <laughs> Mate, I'm not, Slip them I'm in there. I'm keeping Chef away from cobblestones. <laughs> really now? What, he... He's are not serious? a bike handler. I'd put him on the coals. Fuck it. Gotta learn it. Otherwise, we're sending you to Blanchy. I'll send him to the Ardennes and Tour of Flanders. I, Flanders and Roubaix cobbles are different. I would send him more to Flanders. <laughs> um, yeah, well, I actually I agree with that. Jorgensen style. Yeah. It's not the same rider, but you know what I mean. Yeah. Uh, other would be fixing Ethan Hayter. That's got to be. Yeah. They got to they, they gotta see, they got to find a way to work through whatever's happening there. Like they got yeah. a, it's been the last twelve months and nothing's really changed with the issues that are in races. So, agree. Like, like yeah, he has the talent to win a Romandy stage. He has the talent to do he, more than winning a Romandy stage. But then he should be the, cleaning just, Romandy stages, cleaning Catalonia yeah, stages, cleaning Vuelta Hill stages. Some yeah. of them. So well, he, I, he should be I, winning I a Grand like, stage. Yep, I thought he'd be winning one weeks. Like soft one weeks. Yes. And um, one day races, classics like Omlop and so forth. I expected him at the start of his career to be able to get over the mood and compete with the best riders yeah. then. And all those things did not happen. He just got stuck. He st got stuck at, okay, he wanna, he, he could compete for GC at Tour de Polonia. Sorry, but we expected more from Ethan Hater. And I wanna see more of him because I was pretty hyped to see his career and it's kind of dead now. No, huge. He's twenty five years old. The hype is dead. The hype is dead. The hype is, but inside there is a huge engine. Like I agree. Where did he come in? Fourth in World Championships ITT in his in his second year. Actually, it was damn. He's been on the team since twenty twenty. Yeah. This is it's his fifth World Tour. It that can't be right. It's his fifth World Tour season next year. Correct. Uh, British champion of the TT, he's not that big, so like he should be able to climb really, really well. He, no, he does climb really well, but I think 
there's a huge engine in there in a, in a relatively compact package. I just they have to they have to work on him because he's not he's yeah. regressed in 2023 and they got to figure it out together. And because um, like in 2021, for example, fourth in Britannia Classic. Uh, yeah. Two stages of Andalusia with a good GC result. Second in Algarve. Yeah. He. Um, but hopefully they do, and I think as a British rider with that much talent, they uh, they should tr- that should be a big priority. Uh, as well as yeah, just that's more of a process thing, isn't it, Benji? Like progress amongst yeah. the youngsters, because you can't just be like, oh, we're going to win the tour with Andrew August. Like that's stupid. Um, <laughs> Yeah, he's not going to do the Tour de France. It's more like, how are they developing as a as a world tour rider? Um, how are they competing as Settimana, Copy Bartoli, which which he'll do? Uh, but then and at the, the end of the day, you still got to get but you still got to get results too. It's not a dev team. Yeah, it, it kind of half is because you don't have a dev team, so you're developing your riders in your world tour team, and that makes that five to ten percent or fifteen percent of your team is being a deaf team while your rest of your riders need to actually get the results. So Michael Leonard, for example, or Leonard, whatever you pronounce the Canadian, like, he's still progressing. He's not showing a potential breakout next year imminently for me. He, his Avenir was, wasn't good. So I'm on the page of, I need to see more of him. He's still young, he's 19, so let's see where that goes. So that's the kind of rider that needs to be on a development team and not on the Wilter team of Ineos. And that's why Ineos needs a, a, a fucking development team. But next to that, Grand Tour-wise, Gary and Thomas Podium Giro. Trying to win is the win. aim. Win the Giro. That's the aim. But with Pogacar there, uh, it's going to be difficult. You go to win. You, you go to win. You're always got to go to win, 100%. Yeah. But realistically, I see them podium at the moment. Yeah, of course. If they podium, it's still a good result. Like, I'm not going to be like, oh, fucking, how do you not beat Pogaccia? Like, but you got, you got to win, and then, yeah. yeah. Um. Top five at the Tour de France with Rodriguez or Pitcock. You'd aim for the podium, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But top five is already a good result, in my opinion, for Rodriguez and Pitcock. Although you kind of want to see progress with Rodriguez. You don't no, want to see him stagnate. Podium. Yeah. Podium. Pitcock top five would be big though. For sure. If he, and if he's just there, you know, just there <laughs> with the, the big boys all, all three yeah. weeks and gets fifth, that's like, that's really good. So Exactly. I think, At sorry, worst, Mosquito is just obliterating me. <laughs> he's this fucking bastard. I don't know where it is. How dare they? <laughs> At worst, Pitcock needs to win a Tour de France stage to get some hype going. But nah. Very important. Josh Starling. <laughs> To win the Olympic ITT. Does Ineos care For about sure. that? I do. I think so. I think so too. I think their goal should be to lock out the... the can they lock out the podium? No, no. they can't lock... Tarling Unless Ganna. they sign that Remco mid-season. Oh, Remco, yeah. They got... Okay. <laughs> Olympics and Zurich, I think, is a bit healier, so that'll be... Yeah. That'll, that'll be, be I, think, I think that should be a big focus for Hater to podium that. I think he should be a big focus for him. So, but, but as we said, like, uh, I also think oh, that we've, we haven't mentioned time and Aaronsman at all. Like, what role? Yeah. Like, is he just going to go to the Giro to be a domestique with G? Is he? I think he has to do the Giro. Yeah. I would make him ride for his own result, particularly with Pagacci going, as a long-term development thing. Um, I think with Bernal, 
Bernal can't be taking spots in races of riders yep. better than him. I know he gets paid a lot more than everybody else, but the Vuelta, that's it. He's just not good that enough. Was, and that's that was harsh it. after after what happened, but that's the case right now. At some point you But, need but I don't to... think it's best for him. Oh true. Wouldn't it be better for him to to get back with training and altitude and peaking? Like that, this isn't the schedule he rode when he was killing it. So why yep. is he doing it now? I don't get it either. But Arensman, I'd see Giro Velta, maybe. Yep. Um, regardless of whether he rides for himself or not at the Giro, I think the Velta is a good spot to go to anyway. Because Thomas isn't going to do it when it comes to the double of Giro Velta and then deliver on both occasions. Unlikely, based on his history. Um, so I, think I, they I don't gotta, mind Arensman doing that. So I think they got to get a bit smarter on race targeting. Yep. So like... Thomas shouldn't do Catalonia. Yeah. He, sh he shouldn't do the race Jonas does. And he should do... I mean, he's usually not good in March anyway, but, like, they should just get a little bit... Because, like, I think there are results there that they can get out of Swiss, out of Paris-Nice, maybe, out of definitely at Polonia, which they've already done in the past. Uh, and maybe it pays Vasco top three with Carlos. But they just got to maybe be a little bit more targeted with that. By the way, can I just go on a fucking rant about the whole marketing thing around Ineos? Where they're always saying, oh, Jeez, we're you're... the non-conformist <laughs> team. We're the, what was the other word? The, the way in the, their Gobic advertisement. Oh, I think yeah. they're doing it their way. The unconventional way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm like, what the fuck's unconventional about Ineos in 2023? There's nothing about this team that shines to me as unconventional. Is it because Thomas is old? No, like, every year there's a GC team with a rider that is near the end of his career. That's not special. It's because Pitcock rides every bloody uh, I think they mean kind of the discipline they can find. Sorry, yes. but Vanderpool does the same. Like, Van Aert does the same. Benji what Cullen the for fuck's the Gobic, unconventional? The, the Govic marketer. <laughs> Whoever invented that, look at the team you're working with. They're not unconventional. I like Ineos, but they're not unconventional. It's a half Sorry. a quadro <laughs> Frankenstein. <laughs> it is. It is. <laughs> um, I actually like the new kit. And, uh, I, I like it too. <laughs> I think Govic, yeah. Got good reports, so hopefully it's good for them. Uh, yeah. And to be honest, when when bio races started with them, there were the ripples in the jersey in the races. Remember? Remember the port when port crossed the finish line? <laughs> it was unbelievable. Um, maybe, but listen, everything you know. This has maybe been a little bit negative, but everything. And to be honest, like Pilar, but I am why you like well about their future. I, for the future, there's there's things to be positive about, but you can't you can't run away from 2023. It was their worst season in, in a decade. Maybe longer. Maybe their May worst season since Sky got good. Like, I look back, they had never not won a World Tour one-week race for that long into a season. Yeah, did they win one this year? Uh, uh, did they win did Polonia? I do remember Polonia at all, man. 
don't remember Rip Bologna at all. Like, not a single stage of that. Wait, was that the one where Micah deviated and still got the stage win? I think it yes. was. So I think that maybe they got scammed out of Bologna. Well, actually, that was pole on pole vials. So. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We but anyway, they. Through. The last time they didn't win a World Tour one-week stage race, or any World Tour stage race, was like 2013 or 14 or something, maybe when everyone crashed yeah. out, maybe even longer. So it is the reality. Like It wasn't a good year, and why did that happen, and, and what's, what's going to happen in the future? So I think, yes, a little bit maybe negative, but it is based on a reality, and there are good things to target in the future with top five tour, or to po I think podium tour, winning the Giro, winning a monument, winning the Olympics TT. These are big results that I do think they can realistically target. And there's enough talent in those youngsters uh, that you would hope they, they can kick on. Like maybe Sheffield just yep. something clicks and bang, he's like the next really big serious guy. Um, I maybe, hope so. maybe suddenly it clicks with Ethan Hater that we don't yeah. see the work that's being done behind the scenes yeah, and yeah. suddenly it does work and I'd love to see that and I'd love to see what Tarling can do outside of time trials in about three, four years because maybe next year is not the year that he needs to branch out yet. He needs to branch out after winning the Olympics because I've already clicked he's going to win the Olympics, so the ITT, that is. I want to see what he does in goals after that. Uh, same thing for Ben Turner. When is the moment that he clicks to the point that we'll see something extra on top of what he already showed, because that injury did hold him back. And there's many riders on this team that I felt like stagnated at a certain point. But the moment they cross through that stagnation, they can deliver big things. Yep. Um, Except if you're gonna... He's washed. Yeah. Man, maybe they signed a couple of extra people, but I'm not, I'm not sure who it would be. All right, it's time for our predicting their world to wins for next year, Benji. Oh. Ooh, spicy. I'm going with seven. You're, go you're going with two less than 2023? Yeah. Okay. I'm going to go with... Ooh. I'm saying... They lost Gagenhardt, Sivakov, and Martinez. And out but of those are boss. not the winners anyway. Yeah, but generally, sp generally speaking, though, generally speaking, Martinez and they'll get you at least a couple, you know. I'm going to go with nine again. The reason is that I believe Tarling will win more TTs in a renewal tour yeah. and so forth, those kind of things. Ah, true. That's, yeah. <laughs> and um, they won in 16 in 22. My hot take is that Gana wins MSR. Is that a hot take? That's a pretty hot take. Okay, I'll take it. Uh, my hot take is that yeah, Josh Tarling wins the Olympics. Okay, and it's not that it's not that hot. I've had I've had more flaming hot ones. Yeah, and his favorite now that... since this podcast. I gotta go with a really uh, uh, crash hot one. Grant Thomas wins the Giro. Okay. I'm saying Remco joins the team by the end of the year. Ooh, that's, that's, now that's interesting. <laughs> I think that's, yeah, pretty possible. Do you think that's what really is happening? That we're, they're kind of just sort of keeping things going, waiting to get I that guy. I fucking know, man. <laughs> I Actually, that would make a lot know. of sense. 
Yeah, because you slot Remco in right now. You slot Remco in, and all of a sudden it looks a lot different. You know, they they got they still got good domestiques. What I don't understand is is Ineos really that attractive for Remco still? I'd sign yeah, for five so. other riders before I'd sign for Ineos right now. So five, five other Where? teams. Antomache. No, on a serious note, if you're Remco, I would sign for. I'd rather sign for something like Little at the moment. No, I would. No chance. I would. He also much more professional. Well, have we seen that in the last year? We keep saying that, but I haven't seen it in the last year. Their tactics at the year were defense and hope that Thomas survives, while a different tactic would have been better for a better result. Yeah, but when was the last time Trek was sniffing a Grand Tour podium? Well, the last time they had a GC leader in port? Yeah, 2020. And they podium the Tour then, so they, did, they do have the experience, in my opinion. And like, in the end of Vuelta, that stage with Ghana and Thomas trying to win the stage, that shows tactical issues as well, in my opinion. Mismanagement well, my assumption is that with Remco, like, they wouldn't do that, you know? Yeah, I get that. Maybe all in for him. Maybe you're right. Maybe you're right. But I, I think still, we might see it. I mean, that's your hot take. You think he's going to go there. Uh, I think... Uh, I think they were right with their transfers outgoing, though. I do think, like, I do think they made some really hard decisions, and I think they're mm -hmm. probably right to have let those guys go, particularly Martinez. Yep. Like, no way I would have kept paying Martinez. Zero chance. I don't care if he wins a Basque Country stage or whatever. Yep. I, no, thank you. So, the call, if you can't compete with UAE, that's no. it. And Gagan Hart. Tell, like tell, us, tell us the one. It's like, you can't be letting. You should. <laughs> 22-year-old British GC yeah. prospects, that's the one you want to... And it's not like he's going to be get. He hasn't won a Grand Tour stage, so he's not getting Civicol money. Um, but anyway, let's... And Plap, I think he's going to be happier at Jayco. They're going to... He's going to just be more focused on him. Uh, but that was the Ineos Grenadiers preview for next year. Uh, I think there's some big races in there that they can indeed win. It's another year where we're like... Is the, the Peacock GC project in full swing yet? Uh, it sort of remains to be seen. Uh, it's obviously the Giro with Thomas will be a big goal and, and hopefully mm -hmm. they, they put up a big fight against Pogaccia there. We'll be counting on them. And frankly, I really hope Ineos do move back up again so that it isn't UAE and Yumbo plus Vanderpool yep. and Philipson winning a lot of the major races. Uh, it'd be great to see Ineos. I mean, now Bora here with Roglic, but be great to see Ineos back there as well. That would certainly make it more entertaining. Uh, but unless you've got anything else, Benji, I think nope. uh, that's it for the Ineos preview. I got seven, you've got nine, and uh, <laughs> we've done our hot takes. Until the next one, ciao.